Dawson Lloyd. I'm reporter and Housing Wire's editorial team, and I'm also the producer of this weekly podcast. Today, I'm bringing you episode four of season two, which features Ryan Serhan, the wildly successful real estate broker featured on Bravo's Million Dollar List in New York and Sell It Like Serhan. This week, Collins joins us live from AIMFUSE 2019. The conference, which hosted more than 2,000 mortgage brokers from around the country, was held last month at the Bellagio in Las Vegas, Nevada. An exciting conversation, Serhant discusses his national bestseller, as well as the intriguing story of the ever-so-elusive Mr. X. Additionally, Serhant offers advice on how mortgage brokers can make sure that you're setting themselves up for success. Although the interview is loud, as it was recorded in a room full of brokers, the conversation is worth the listen. So forgive us for the background noise and join us for another exciting episode of the Housing News Podcast. But before we listen, Clayton will bring you a word from our sponsor. With interest rates at historical lows, refinances are booming. How do you win this business? It's simple, lower the MI premium for your borrower. The newest feature of Archer's innovative RateStar platform, the RateStar Refinance Retention Program makes it possible. Eligible borrowers with loans already insured by ArchMI can refinance into new loans with a lower MI premium. Give your refi customers a better deal. If you'd like to learn more about how RateStar powers possibilities, visit archmi.com forward slash RateStar Refi. We're also really proud to share that Housing Wire podcasts are now part of the Industry Syndicate. The Industry Syndicate has launched a podcast app made for real estate and mortgage pros by real estate and mortgage pros. Download the app from Apple or Google and join the community today. Thank you for listening. And here's episode four of the Housing News Podcast. We've been here all day talking to, to mortgage brokers, getting some best practices. Yeah. A lot of guys that are like in year one of building a brokerage business, so yeah, a lot nice. of good advice. Sweet. All right, so let's get started. Um, fortunately, I have a lot. Read, read your books. I got a few questions for you there, but nice. uh, uh, yes. we'll, we'll kick it off. All right, folks, we're here at Aimed Fuse in Las Vegas, and I have the privilege of speaking with our keynote speaker for the day, Ryan Serhant. Ryan, thanks for joining me. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. So Ryan, a lot going on, but so everyone, Ryan needs no introduction, but uh, he was a keynote at Housing Wire's Engage Marketing Summit in 2018, keynote at Infuse, Star Bravo. Already 20,000, it was 2018? Oh yeah, we've done a couple of them since then. Oh, really? it's, it's It's cruising. Well, let's come down. <laughs> um, we had an amazing keynote this year, and it's Brittany Hodak talking about building super fans. She's like good at converting uh, your client into someone who can be the biggest advocate for your business. So uh, she, she she killed it this year. Um, but uh, and the author of Sell It Like Serhant. So Ryan's done so much. I won't even I won't keep going. But uh, I want to jump right into uh, one of my favorite stories from your book. Yeah. And uh, would love if you can tell us the story of Mr. X. I, I, there's so many like Mr. X stories in my life. I just feel like doing real estate brokerage in, in New York ends up bringing out the craziest people in the whole world. Um, uh, I was actually thinking about one of those stories earlier, but yeah, Mr. X was like one of my first, my first big deal ever. Um, his name's not actually Mr. X. I figured that. Legal advised me to change a few things. Um, but he was a guy that emailed me randomly one night on a big listing I had for, I think, eight and a half million dollars in the Upper West Side. And he just said, I want to buy it. I was like, okay, sure. Um, I never even met the guy, nothing. We negotiated this deal over the internet. 
you know, really, really shady, like no proof of funds, no idea who he was, uh, negotiated it for, I think, $8.3 million, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, just kind of classic brokerage story where, yeah. like, a client's hot and heavy, and then they just totally ghost you. Um, eventually, he signs a contract, and then he completely disappears again, and then eventually he sends over $830,000 and signs it with the full deposits, and now we're in contract. <laughs> You'd be shocked to actually, actually see that wire yeah, yeah, yet, right? Yeah, that was completely insane. Because for a long time, and this, actually, this process, I'm, I'm shortening for you, but that process actually took, like, six months. Like, he, from signing the contract to actually send a deposit, yep. took a long time. Actually, his first name is a, I won't say it, but it's a funny name, and like our passwords in our office for a long time and like the saying we had on t-shirts was where's Mr. X because it was just this thing like every day we had this huge deal riding on it and we're like where's Mr. X yep. um, and he eventually sent the deposits we were in contract and then he disappeared again uh, and we couldn't find him and we thought he was basically just money laundering right so like using other people's funds to use it as a down payment so like that's what people do in New York it's a total shit show uh, I had to fly to Europe um, on an impromptu trip to go and find him, get him to do paperwork to pass the board so you can do, because in condo buildings in Europe, so you have to have board applications and uh, homeowners applications. So got him to do that. Uh, then he disappeared again, and then eventually one day, after everyone's basically trying to sue everybody yep. to get that money back, um, he shows up in New York City with his fleet of black Escalades, buys a massive private airplane in front of me, at JFK, um, and then uh, goes off and closes on the apartment and becomes a really, really real guy and a, a guy who's done about like $300 million worth of business with me. So I know like from your book, the story behind that and the, the lesson was the, the power of yes. So yeah. uh, and that was and pretty persistence. And persi so that was pretty early in your career. You're a solo agent at that time, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, so, so since that time, the Mr. X story, what skills did you have to learn to start building a, r a real business? And like, I know you're, you're scaled up now with a lot, a lot of agents and you're in multiple markets. Like what, yeah. what did you have to learn to, to, to make that step from being a, just getting off, off the ground, being a solo agent to building the Sirhan team? Yeah, man. I mean, a lot. Like that was, I was so fresh and so new at that time. And I think I, I tried to put as much of it in the book as possible and as much of it in the course as possible. We just released a, an online real estate sales course, which is doing really well, which is totally crazy. It's awesome. Congrats. Um, but I, I had to figure out how to, honestly, it was how to structure my day. Like as an entrepreneur, like no one tells you what to do all day long. You're kind of just by yourself, especially as a salesperson. Yep. You know, whether you work in a store or whether you're selling real estate, you're by yourself. Um, I didn't have a boss, really. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know what to do. Like, should I get in the office at 8, 9, 7? Should <laughs> I make phone calls? Like, there was no lead system. There was nothing. It was just completely yeah. by myself. And I'd look at other agents who had networks, uh, who would meet people in different groups, who had different ways to post ads, and I was just completely by myself. But I figured out by looking at kind of the top realtors, the top sales teams in New York City, the top companies on every list, that they all had different roles at, kind of at the top of the food chain. I was like, you know what? I got to have all those different roles um, uh, for myself if I'm going to run my own business. And I basically, all day long, I've got to find business. I've got to keep the business I have, and then I have to do the work. And so I kind of came up with this system called Finder Keeper Doer, um, which at the time sounded just like whatever. Like, but now it's like a real thing. Everyone on my team uses it. It's kind of my certain system, if you will. Um, and it's where you block out time in your calendar every day if you are independently 
contracted if you're on your own where for at least an hour two hours every day you focus on just finding business i'm just going to procure business in that time and phones fall, like only unless there's an absolute emergency do you do anything else that way like for me it was really helpful because then i knew from 8 to 10 a.m i am a finder i'm just finding business yep. and then in the middle of the day for like an hour or so i would be the keeper so i would just in that time keep the business I had, so I check in on all my deals, check in on all my listings, figure out how I was going to spend money, advertising budgets, like all that stuff, check on systems, and then the rest of the day I'd be the doer, I'd be doing all the work that I set up for myself the first half of the day, and it really gave me structure, um, and it does the same thing for my team, because you'll see this with agents, salespeople, mortgage bankers, brokers, unless they're being told what to do, they're completely lost, and I had to figure out how to tell myself what to do. and. It was really, really, really practical, and I, I put it in the book because I think it's really practical advice for a lot of people who don't know what to do at noon. Like, what do you do if you wake yeah. up and you're an independent contractor and you have one appointment, one showing, one call at 2 p.m.? What do you do the rest of the day? How do you make sure that that day is going to be productive? How do you make sure that you do more that week than you did the week before? How do you make sure that every day is going to lead up to a successful month, quarter, and year? The only way you do that is by taking control of your day, which is an amount of time that you actually understand, which then brings it back to like my thousand minute rule and how to like really, really, really make use of all the minutes that you have during the day, because that's how you, I, honestly, I think that's how you achieve success. So as your role has evolved from managing your own day to influencing and leading a team of people who need yeah. to manage their day, how, how, are, you, how are you preaching the, the finder, keeper, doer um, uh, methodology or, and, and how are you making sure that your team has the same focus and work ethic that helped you get off the ground uh, so many years ago? I mean, I talk to everybody about it as much as I can. I, I push everybody on the system. I, I tell everybody. I put it in the book. It's in the course. I'm talking to you about it right yep. now. Like, I, you know, like for me, when I got into the business, I was not a real estate agent ahead of time. I had no intention of even being a real estate agent or being a salesperson in general. I was just, I, I was just out of money. And yep. I needed to figure out how to do it. And I had, I had no boss, no mentor. I wasn't on a team. I was by myself at a computer on 49th and Madison. And they were like, go get business. I'm like, how, how do you do, like, on the street? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do, you do? You know, I think a lot of people start off in associate positions and they're canvassers for somebody or they at least have some goals or rules. Yeah. Like, I had zero of that, which was terrible. And I, I wouldn't wish kind of that feeling of being lost on anybody, but I do think it helped produce like the system for me. Otherwise, I yeah. wouldn't have had to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like you're pushing yourself up against the wall for a reason. Um, and I just tell everybody like to use the system. And if you don't, then you better find a better system that works for you. Yep. And that's fine. Like other people have better systems that work for me. They don't have to use mine. So we're here at a mortgage conference. Uh, let's tie this into the, the mortgage side of the transaction a little bit. Yeah, mortgages what, are great. <laughs> what are the best and worst parts of working with your, your, t your, you or your team working with your mortgage partners? What are the best things they can do for you? And what is the things that drive you up a wall? I mean, listen, the best thing mortgage bankers do for us and mortgage brokers is actually get deals closed, right? They, they supply the capital to our purchasers who yep. want to get deals closed. Um, and the best, the best partnership that any real estate agent can have is a reliable and trustworthy mortgage broker. Like, that is the number one. Attorneys are second after that. Good home inspectors are third. Uh, a relationship with God is probably like fourth. But it's... Um, <laughs> Uh, your mortgage broker or your mortgage banker, that person gets deals done or not, right? Because that person is, a, is another talking head 
or the buyer who's freaked out. Yep. You know, that person is going to be the one that talks to them about their finances and their ability to actually do this deal that the broker obviously is really pumped about. But if the banker gets on the phone, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't, really? I don't know if this is going to appraise. Like, immediately the deal's over. Um, uh, so, like, they, our mortgage brokers or bankers are our absolute best friends across the board. Uh, but where they drive us up a wall is in the moments and the situations where they uh, they overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. Right? There's, I mean, that probably happens more often than I'd ever want. But most, there's a lot of mortgage brokers and bankers who just want to get the business to start, and they'll promise that they can do this deal or they can make this loan happen. No problem. No problem. No problem. And then a week goes by, and then two weeks go by, and then three, then a month, and then we can't close. And then it goes back to underwriting. And it goes back to another underwriter. And then, oh, I didn't realize that this has to go to the special risk assessor who's based in Puxatawney. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, dude, I, I, I worked a year to get this buyer to the table. And in a week, you're killing the deal. Like, that's, that, that doesn't work. So if you had any advice for mortgage brokers or bankers that want to do more business with top real estate agents, what, what would you advise them in terms of developing the, advise them on developing the relationship or, uh, or keeping the relationship or building it over time? I mean, listen, it, it's cliche because it's a, a phrase that gets said all the time, but your network is your net worth. Like you are the people you keep. You're only as good as the company around you. If you surround yourself with good people who are successful, who produce right, in professional yep. life as well as personal life, then you will do more business. Right? If you surround yourself with schlubs, like, you will do no business. So I try to surround myself with mortgage bankers and brokers and real estate agents and brokers who are really successful and do a lot of business because they're going to be talking about their successes. They're going to be talking about the problems they had and how they got that deal done. And that's going to give me the juice to realize, oh shit, I could probably do the same thing with my clients. So I try to always surround myself with people in this business who are better than I am because it's just going to help me elevate my own level of business every day. Um, and we all have to help each other. Right? Like mortgage bankers and brokers are, are great great referral sources for me because they're doing refinances yep. and you know they did a refi on a guy who bought a house 10 years ago and on that conversation he mentioned he might be able to sell next year and that, I want that mortgage broker to call me or at least give my name to that guy that says listen when you're ready to sell you should really talk to Ryan Cernian or the Cernian team because they are the best in your neighborhood and he's only going to do that if I take care of him as well. Yeah. So marketing and content have been a big part of the conversation today at this conference and, and many others. Yeah. Uh, we see you as probably one of the best brand builders and marketers of, that, that our industry has ever seen. And so when you're advising new agents and, uh, or, or, or other folks in the industry on how they should build their own brand or market themselves, what, what kind of advice are you giving? And, and I guess particularly to new agents on the Sirhan team. How are you helping them like, develop their strategy and approach to, to building a business? Yeah, I mean, listen, brand is a, a very vague way to talk about your reputation, Okay. right? Brand is reputation. So if you have a reputation for selling a lot, your brand is going to be as a successful real estate salesperson. If you have a reputation for sucking, your brand is going to be the guy that's not so successful, right? Or the girl who's just not as trustworthy as she wants to be. So I, I really have all my, my team really focused on their reputation, which is easy to think about. Like, it's easy to take control of your reputation. It's really hard to take control of your brand, right? Like, what are you going to do? Unless you have a billion dollars and you can go out there like Compass with your Saudi oil money and start <laughs> like just buying commercials and billboards and paying people millions of dollars, then like by yourself, just focus on your reputation more than anything. Make sure you do all of your follow-up. Make sure you do all your thank yous. Make sure you go the extra mile. You shake the hands. 
right? You look people in the eye. You've got a great first impression. You go that extra mile. You do the dinners. You network as much as possible. And your reputation will help define your brand. And people will tell you what you're going to be known for. Yep. Like, people tell me that I'm known for going by far above and beyond. And that kind of became like my thing that I am willing to jump on a plane or meet you at 3 a.m. or whatever the, the issue might be. Like, I'm willing to do that. Um, and I just started turning that into content, both audio and visual and social and then YouTube and then podcasts and this, 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 this. And it's um, that reputation then became the brand. And so now we talk about it as brand, but it's really just being consistent with how people view your work. Brian, thank you for your time. Thanks for, for sure. sharing. We are pumped for your keynote. I know you got to get out there and get mic'd up and ready. So uh, yeah. thank you again, man. I really appreciate I'll see you it. Out there. See you out there. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week for episode five of the Housing News Podcast.